With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15. On this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll assess the Dodgers' perennially deep roster. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, February 23rd. I'm Al Melker, and with me for this episode is Michael Beller. And Michael, we might have to expand the format. <laughs> We're talking about the Dodgers here. So much to get to with this team. Oh, man. I, I honestly can't even remember what team it was I was joking about. Oh, it was the Braves, right? And I said, like, we can make, I wish we could make this fantasy baseball in 30 last week. I mean, the Dodgers, we need to make this, like, fantasy baseball in an hour 30 to get through this entire <laughs> roster. But uh, we're going to do what we can in the 15 minutes we've got. All right. Well, hopefully uh, here to not only help us break down the Dodgers, but maybe teach us something about speed reading is uh, Pedro Mora, who covers the Dodgers for The Athletic. Pedro, thank you so much for uh, dropping in on Fantasy Baseball 15 and uh, chatting some Dodgers with us. Yeah, no problem, guys. Glad to be here. All right. Well, um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, as always, with the Dodgers. But, of course, one uh, hitter that's just going to be a constant is Cody Bellinger. But the performance from him has not really been constant year to year. So can you help us to understand maybe which version of Cody Bellinger you think is most likely to show up in 2021? <laughs> maybe neither. Uh, maybe something <laughs> in between, right? I, I think is the, that's, that would be my expectation is neither an 800 OPS player nor a 1,000, but something in the – 850 to 900 range that seems like the kind of player he he can be you know this is a guy who's obviously as talented as any player in the sport but does not have the sort of um, mastery of um, of hitting that he can be consistent for months on end you know even his his 19 was was propelled by a truly supernatural april one of the best months in major league history uh and so he's he's you know he's a great player and even you know and, and i guess maybe he gets lost somewhat in fantasy because a lot of what what else he does is not as easily quantifiable on, on the field, right? This is a great defender, a guy who came up as a first baseman, is now a gold glove caliber center fielder, which is obvious, obviously sounds pretty ridiculous when you put it that way. Um, so the Dodgers, you know, I think are pretty confident that they're going to get, you know, a top 20 player uh, type season out of Bellinger. It's just not clear if that's going to come, you know, in the form of 40 homers, 30, you know, if he's going to be able to consistently, um, you know, put the ball in play. I would say that the strength of his 2020, although it doesn't really come across great in the numbers, is that he still walked a lot and didn't strike out an outrageous amount. Um, and that was, a, that was, you know, a strength, I think, for him is that he is um, a pretty, he's becoming a more consistent hitter in terms of his, uh, his plate patience, his Strikes on command, and that's what the Dodgers love. That's if there's one thing they prioritize more than anything else, it's strikes on command from their hitters. And uh, you know that showed up in the postseason when Bellinger was a, was solid, a lot better than he had been in postseasons past. And that's you know one of the primary reasons the Dodgers actually pulled it off and won. 
And we've had great uh, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, MVP races, and now 2021 gives us the who can bounce back stronger Chris, uh, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger race. Uh, something else that 2021 could potentially give us, and asking you here, Pedro, is it going to give us Gavin Lux as an everyday player? It's a great question. Uh, the Dodgers would love to know as, <laughs> as well, and they, they wanted that last year. Um, he just It just didn't work out. Uh, Lux was not the player he had been in 19 in 2020. He was a uh, a late arrival to summer camp, summer camp, and then when he um, when he was finally up with the major league team, his throwing was a huge problem. You know, this is a player who's battled the yips in his past, been open about it. And uh, if you go back and look at his throws in September 2020, when he had a chance to audition to be their their playoff second baseman, he uh, about I, I charted each one about I think it was about 30 to 35 percent of his throws were weird, where in, in in one way or another, uncomfortable, awkward. He did not set his feet when, when running into on throws. Uh, it's it was a strange uh, thing, and the Dodgers pivoted and went to Chris Taylor, and, and Lux was you know on the outs for for the postseason, although he was around. It really depends on you know his offense, which it wasn't great last year either. But there's plenty of reason to believe that that's going to come back around in time. You know, this is still a very young man. But the the, the serious concern I think for me and for I would assume for fantasy consumers is. Can he consistently throw the ball from second to first? I know that sounds a little ridiculous for a guy who came up as a shortstop, but right now it, it's it's an uncertainty. And so without without knowing whether that's going to be right, it's really hard to project him to be the Dodgers' everyday second baseman. I think Chris Taylor's a, a better bet simply because he's a, a more dependable player at this stage. All right, well, let's shift the focus to the rotation. And a little while back, actually, had written a piece for the fantasy section of The Athletic on Trevor Bauer and seeing if, first of all, there's any kind of scenario uh, where you could imagine Trevor Bauer getting his wish, getting his wish to start every fourth day. No. And then if that does happen, <laughs> what does that do for his fantasy value? So uh, I, I think we'll leave the second question aside for now, uh, or people can read the piece. Uh, but do you see that as any kind of plausible scenario? No, I, I do not. Not at all. Not in any way. I, I extremely doubt that. Um, there's just very little upside for the Dodgers. The, the the idea is for this man to be good for them throughout the year, but the, the really the point is to be great in the postseason. Um, that's the that's the that's why they signed him. They want to win another World Series. You know, they want to be you know a, a forever remembered dynasty, and. It, it doesn't really like they're already favored to win the division by eight games. Like they don't need more Bauer in uh, in April, May, in June. What they need is Bauer at his best come October. And so, unless you can come up with a real reason why pitching more often by why throwing 260 innings a year after you threw 80 is going to be better for your arm, then I, I just I just see that as a patently ridiculous idea. You know, it, honestly, if if they stick with a five man rotation, that'd be you know that'd be a lot more than most, right? And uh, Walker Bueller, who's sort of looked at in a lot of people in a lot of ways like Bauer in that they throw as hard as they can that not really traditional ace body types would have made themselves into into hard throwing you know pitch experimenting pitchers the Dodgers rarely ever start him even on traditional rest if you look back I think in his career only about 12 starts out of out of his out of his many have been on traditional rest whenever possible they give him six days and so if Bauer gets to stick to a normal five-man rotation, he should be happy with, uh, with the circumstances here. I, I, I don't see any way in which the Dodgers are consistently using him um, in, a, in any sort of four-man rotation. 
This has been the uh, truth about the Dodgers for years now. For so many years, there were seasons where the fantasy world was just begging for Ross Stripling to get a regular gig in the starting rotation. Kenta Maeda had to spend more time in the bullpen than a lot of us would have liked to have seen. And here we are once again in 2021. Those guys are gone, but we still have the same concerns for Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. What should we expect the roles for these two pitchers to be this season? I think they're going to be up and down. They're going to be up and down rotation, bullpen, maybe even some minor league time. It's important to note with the Dodgers that they are not going to stretch any of their starters to 33 starts. You know, I, Julio Urias in, in, in particular, after still having not had a full major league season under his belt, although he's been in the big leagues now for five years, um, they're not going to want him to want him to throw 180 to 190 innings this year. So it's it's a it's a virtual certainty that they are going to find ways to rest him and to get May and Gonsolin his starts. And that's and that's counting even without a significant injury. That's just, they're going to rest him at times. And the same is probably true for David Price, who threw nothing last year. And so it only makes sense that uh, they're going to they're going to find ways. You know, I, I would count on 26 or so starts for a lot of the, for the five guys that you're thinking of as their as their starting rotation, because this is going to be a big build up year for all of them. And I think the point is, you know, the Dodgers are not going to run at any time a five man rota- a six man rotation, but they are going to, by the end of the year, it's going to probably look something like they ran a six man rotation. But it's always going to have been in separate. You know, it's going to be five men at a time starting. So count on Gonsolin and Mitch each. You know, throw 100 plus innings. I, I expect that. Um, as long as they're healthy, it's just, you know, they might be in, in long relief roles. It might be in 10 starts each, something like that. And then in the postseason, who knows? So in other words, sounds sort of like the status quo, like Michael was saying <laughs> before, yeah, just yeah. Uh, different faces, but same kind of uh, conundrums uh, for getting innings for everybody. Uh, now, in terms of the, the bullpen situation, I mean, that's been incredibly stable for several years, but we have seen some decline, you know, uh, mild but gradual from Kenley Jansen. Is this the year perhaps where maybe he starts to give way and saves get split up among multiple relievers? Maybe, you know, it, it sort of happened last year in, in the playoffs. I, I could see that happening. I think so much of it depends on what Jansen pitches like. There were times last year where he was really good. There were also times where he was not good at all. And um, it sort of depends. The Dodgers are, as you would expect, speaking very confidently about him this spring. He's become Trevor Bauer's new long toss partner. And they're, um, and they're challenging each other in that regard, they say. But we just don't know. You know, we don't know how the movement on the cutter is going to be. We don't know how consistent the velocity is going to be. And I think it really depends on that. The the thing about the Dodgers bullpen is there's a lot of talented pieces there. They obviously did really well last year as, as a bullpen. But there is no obvious candidate to be Jansen's replacement. And so, yes, I think if it's not Jansen as the closer, it's likely to be a, a, a hodgepodge of people, as you set out, kind of filling in as necessary. I do not see one one man taking over. I mean, Gratterall, Bruzar Gratterall, the young man, was their best reliever, scouts would say, last year. But he does not have the strikeout stuff right now to um, to really be a, a, anywhere near a normal closer. I think his strikeout rate is about five per nine innings, which you do not see. You know, it's, you're more likely to have twice or three times that number as a closer than you are to have five. Um, he's just a sinker baller and who, uh, who, who hitters consistently seek early contact on. And that's their best reliever. It's just not exactly the arm you want as a ninth inning guy in a shutdown situation. Looking back at the uh, lineup here, Pedro, Will Smith is emerging as one of the better offensive catchers in the league. And certainly in our fantasy game, he's someone who is right up there on people's minds. Uh, once JT Real Muto is off the board, he's in that next group of catchers. So expect him to be getting plenty of playing time behind the dish this season. But then, of course, you look down 
to the minors and you see Kebert Ruiz, one of the best catching prospects that we have in the game. What's the organization's plan for him with him realistically being blocked at the catcher position right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think as of now, he's he's ticketed for AAA. Um, there's there's just no spot for him. Austin Barnes is a totally competent backup catcher. Uh, the Dodgers just signed to a two-year deal to, to write out his arbitration years, and I think they're going to stick to that. And, um, you know, Ruiz is going to be in the same role as he was last year, which is he's the organization's third catcher. In the event of an injury to Will Smith or, or uh, Barnes, you know, it'll be Ruiz's time up there. But until then, you know, and unless that happens, he's not going to get significant big league time. You know, maybe they could turn to him as a third catcher on the major league roster for a time, but I wouldn't see that as a, as a full season play. And so, yeah, it's always made sense for a long time now, dating back two or so years uh, with Smith's emergence, it's made sense for Ruiz to be a trade candidate. And that no point would I be surprised if Ruiz is traded, you know, and, and as part as the as the primary piece in a um, in a blockbuster, maybe not quite a blockbuster, but for a significant player, that would totally make sense. You know, let's say an injury happens somewhere else on the diamond, and the Dodgers need a replacement. You know, Ruiz could to- totally be the guy who um, who they send along to to acquire that great replacement. Well, yeah, that that was going to be a follow up question for me. Uh, you know, whether that would be more realistic uh, than a, a position change for uh, any of those catchers. So uh, that's, yeah. uh, you know, I guess fancy wise, that's, you know, that's a positive for all involved there. Yeah, I don't see a position change for any of them quite, not in 2021, no. All right. All right. Well, something maybe we can keep tabs on long term. But uh, Pedro, we could uh, certainly do a lot more than 15 minutes on the Dodgers. But uh, we are going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So, uh, Pedro Mora, thank you so much for uh, answering our Dodgers questions and look forward, looking forward to your coverage throughout the season. Thank you both. Appreciate it. All right, our pleasure. So for Pedro Mora and for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday. Wednesday.